Stories every weekday, covering everything from Torah, Parsha, holidays, and so much more. This is 101.9 High FM, Soul to Soul. Good afternoon, and staying relevant indeed is what we do here on Soul to Soul every afternoon, making Torah relevant to the lives of every person every day. You know, when you study Torah, you got to see its practical relevance in your life. What has it got to do with you? And we're standing now less than two weeks before Rosh Hashanah, the high holidays. We'll be already finished with prayers of the first day of Rosh Hashanah in two weeks this time. And I want to talk about something we find in this week's Torah portion that is so relevant to the high holidays and something I've been living with the last few days, and I think it's something we can all learn from. So I'm going to ask you to join me on the journey for the next half hour, and we're going to talk about a very powerful concept. You know, people don't commonly attribute confession to Jewish faith. For many people, the term confession, you think of other religions. And this week in the Torah portion that we're studying, the portion of Kitavo, actually, we're going to encounter an interesting aspect of confession. But before we go there, I, of course, want to recognize that on our high holidays, we do have a confessional prayer. In fact, every day when we pray, we have a confession where we mention the various sins that we may or may or not have committed, and we tap ourselves gently, strike ourselves in our heart. But on Rosh on high holidays, on Yom Kippur especially, we mention... Right? Those are the confessional prayers. We mention the various sins. And we mention them in the plural because we do take responsibility for one another. Each Jew is a guarantor for the other. And if we have not in any way prevented our friend or neighbor from committing from committing a transgression, from violating biblical commands, from hurting another individual, then indeed we bear that responsibility. And that's why we say it in the plural. Even the most holy, righteous, pious tzaddik still has to say this confessional prayer because we all take that responsibility for one another. But here's an interesting thing in the portion this week of Kisavo. There is a confession that is called Vidui Meiser, which means the tithing confession. Basically, the concept behind that was in the Holy Land, we always had to do certain tithes, Meiser. And that had to be taken from your crops. Don't forget in the olden days, people, most people earned a living in the field of agriculture. And in fact, even still today here in South Africa, many people work in agriculture. You go out and you know, drive not too far out of the city, you'll see many people work on the farms and the fields. That is how people earn their living. You know, we get stuck here in city life and we forget about what goes on just beyond the borders of the city. But in Jewish practice and religion, as the Torah portion this week delineates, there were certain tithes. And in fact, there was a cycle that one had to give. We know there's a seven-year cycle. We're this year in the first year of that seven-year cycle called the... Um, the cycle called, of course, it goes by the Shemitah year. So we have one, two, three, four, five, six, and the seventh year our fields lie fallow. In fact, sorry, we're the second year now. Last year was the year of Hakel. This is the second year after the Shemitah. So we're the second year of the cycle. But the point is that every year a person had to give a certain portion of their produce to the Kohanim. And that was called Teruma. In fact, it was 2% as a recognition. It was sort of the income to the priests for their service in the temple. 
Another portion of our produce, about 10%, was given to the Levites. And, of course, they also worked in the temple. They performed a daily concerto, and they would do other services within the temple. So this was their income. This was called Maiserish, on the first tithing. And there were other tithes which differed from year to year. And just to give it to you in short, of course, if you study the portion, you'll understand it much better. But in the first, second, fourth, and fifth years, there was an additional truma called, uh, there was an additional uh, tithe called Maiserishon. And, uh, sorry, Maeser Shani. And that was where you gave, you took a portion of your crop, you separated it, and you yourself consumed it at the temple in Jerusalem. This was known as Maeser Shani, the second tithe. However, that was interchanged in the second and sixth years of the cycle. And that portion was instead given to the poor called Maeser Ani. Now, this is actually in addition to any other contributions that you make to the poor. By the way, within Jewish biblical system, there was Leket Shikhamper, which are three contributions we make to the poor. If it's our forgotten crop that you left behind in your delivery, or the corner of the field, or the pieces that fall that fall off. So those were also given. But this is an addition. And of course, the seventh year, the sabbatical Shemitah year, no plowing or planting was permitted. And of course, then you were exempted from these extra tithes. But here's the interesting thing. On the day, uh, just the day before Pesach, of the fourth and the seventh year, any person who owned a farm, any person who was in the business of agriculture, would go to Jerusalem and would make a special declaration that's in this week's portion. And the farmer would recite a confession. It's called Vidoi Meiser, the confession of our tithes. And I just want to read a few of the verses in the portion to you. It says, that when you have finished tithing all the tithes of your produce, in the third year, the third year of your tithing, you should give it to the Levite, to the proselyte, to the stranger, to the orphan, to the widow, so that they could eat and be satiated in their cities. Now here's the, here's the clinch, the pointer that I wanted to get at. Is the verse that says, Then you're going to make a declaration before Hashem your God. And these are the words, I have removed the holy portion from my house. And you described all the different tithes that you gave, as you have properly according to the commandment that you have instructed me. I have not transgressed, I have not violated your commandment, nor have I forgotten them. I have not eaten any of it while in mourning, nor did I consume it while I was ritually impure, unclean. I didn't even use it. I don't know why one would do so, but this is what the Torah says. I wouldn't use it for the dead. And this is the instruction. We are giving this confession. Shamati bekol Hashem I have heeded, I have listened to everything you, my God, have commanded. 
עשיתי ככל אשר ציוויתני, I have done according to everything you instructed me. And we conclude with the following request, petition to God, Look down, Hashem, from your holy dwelling from the heavens, and please bless your people Israel, bless the land, the ground which you have given to us. As you have sworn to our ancestors a land flowing with milk and honey. So those are the biblical verses that I wanted to refer you to. But basically, if, we, if I were to paraphrase, to review what the confessional prayer was, God wants us to articulate, to verbally declare and acknowledge that we have done everything and we have done it right that we've distributed all our produce that we were required to share as the Torah instructs us, as Moses commanded us in the name of God in this week's portion. We tell God bluntly that we perfectly implemented all the commandments that everything that God instructed us on this matter. Now this is quite an interesting mitzvah. God wants us to compliment ourselves. God wants us to declare emphatically, Almighty God, Ribbonu Shalom, I did it, and I did it well. You are giving yourself a pat on the back. You are saying that you did what God told you to. Isn't that quite interesting? I mean, God knows we did it. We know we did it. What's the point of making this official verbal declaration? Why is this called a confession? And there's various commentaries on this, and I actually don't want to spend too much time on the, on the commentaries, but some commentaries reason that by the Torah requiring us to make a verbal declaration, it sort of motivates myself that I have to do it because I'm going to make a declaration, a confession, an announcement about it. And also I would imagine it, it sort of inspires and motivates those around me to do it. Sort of like when you put your name outside the building or inside a book or the kind of, you know, you make a contribution and everybody knows about it. Some people think of that as haughty, as boasting. But in fact, our sages tell us by the publicity, by people knowing of your contributions that you have made a difference, it motivates and inspires others to emulate your good ways. So this is one of the interpretations is that this sort of encouraged people to happily give to the poor. You see that there's a public recognition and there's going to be this vidoi, this, this confession in Jerusalem. So it's certainly a motivation to others and even to ourselves that we got to do what's right. But What's really strange is that the name for this, what we call it is a vidoy meister, the tithing confession. And in fact, Rashi in the portion this week says, what does it mean that you should say before Hashem your God? He's vada, a person should confess that you have given all the tithes that you required. And of course, people wonder, what kind of confession is this? Most people when you think of the word confession, in the classic sense, it means that we're admitting to our guilt. We're asking for forgiveness for what we have done wrong. And in fact, like I said before, we have in Judaism a number of confessional prayers that we say every day or the ones that we say on the high holidays. But we confess for the sins, for the errors that we committed. We recognize the mistakes we made and we express our remorse. We resolve to change in the future. But in this case, so different, so such a contrast. What we're calling a confession is 
diametrically opposite of what we are generally familiar with as a confessional prayer. We're saying everything we did is right. You know, imagine you come home and you tell your spouse, I want to make a confession to you. Of course, their, their ears perk up. They want to hear, no, what did you do this time? And you're even willing to, you're even willing to confess your guilt, huh? And then you say, honey, I want to confess to you today that I'm a wonderful, accomplished, magnificent, incredible, sensitive, kind, caring, passionate person, a spouse, a good father. I fulfilled all my duties. I've been loyal to all my responsibilities. I forgot nothing. I haven't transgressed. I haven't cheated on you. I wasn't, I was, I wasn't disloyal. I was faithful, dutiful. I committed. I was moral, ethical. I'm a perfect man, husband, child, whatever you want to say. Call it what you want, but this doesn't seem to be a confession. But astoundingly, that's exactly what we do with the Vidoy Meister in our Torah portion this week. That's what the tithe confession is. The words we read, you should say before Hashem your God, I've removed all the sacred portions from my house. I've given the appropriate portions to the Levite, to the convert, to the orphan, to the widow. I've followed all the commandments that you prescribed, that you instructed us. I haven't violated your commandments. I haven't forgotten anything. I've listened to the voice of Hashem, my God. I've done everything you commanded me. And this is what Judaism calls a confession. Perhaps if more Jews would know that this is the Jewish confession, maybe we would... <laughs> we wouldn't leave this art to our to the Catholics. Maybe the shuls would have long lines every day of Jews coming to confess. Maybe he would have Gideon coming every day to to tell the rabbi all the wonderful things they've done so right, how perfect and impeccable, flawless, how faultless they are. Poor Christians, they think that confession is sharing all your negative stuff, telling the priest all the terrible stuff about yourself. Here, we have a whole different meaning of confession in Judaism. And I really think that there's a very powerful message that our sages are teaching us based on this biblical command. And I want to just share with you that this is a very powerful idea within Judaism. It's in this mitzvah, in this command of Vidoy Meiser, that we see something long ago the Torah taught us that today modern psychology is just beginning to embrace. It's important for people to be able to verbalize from time to time indeed how good you are, how beautiful you are, how successful you are. And I'm not talking here about some kind of generic meaningless uh, mantra or some kind of foolish meaningless way in a with haughty arrogance I'm talking here a very specific direct focused manner that you talk about that you recognize your areas of success where you have excelled and you have to be able to verbalize it to recognize it and this is what the Torah teaches us the Torah says that you have to go to Jerusalem and you have to recognize that you have done what you're supposed to do and you have done it right. And this is the Jewish concept of confession that we're going to talk about just now. 
This is Soul to Soul on 101.9 High FM. Educational and even Torah-filled uh, edutainment. I think that would be really great. And uh, tune in to The Morning Man with Kathy Kaler to be a winner of that. I'm Rabbi Ari Kievman, and today we are talking here on Soul to Soul about the Jewish concept of confession. And we've been talking about the Torah portion this week, Itavo, that talks about Vidoy Meiser, the tithing confession that is so different from the concept of confession that we're used to. And what's amazing is that our Torah, thousands of years ago, long before the creation of narrative therapy, taught us a tremendous truth. That only when I believe that I am good am I truly capable of regretting and repenting for my mistakes. If I believe that I'm just an old dirty rat, I can't really regret my wrongdoings. You see, what happens is we start undervaluing, undervaluing, underestimating ourselves. We say, ah, I'm anyways rotten, good for nothing, of course I behave inappropriately because that's what I am. And we rationalize it. We make up reasons why we behave that way. It's inevitable that we're going to commit sins and transgressions because what are we worth? We're anyways worthless. But the Torah is telling us when we appreciate our potential for greatness, who we really are, we recognize the word teshuva doesn't mean repentance. But teshuva means Tashuv, to return to your pristine, true self. We aren't born bad. Just over life sometimes we, accum- we accumulate some of the schmutz of the dirt that's out there. And then we could realize that indeed we could be accountable for our errors and confess and do what it takes to fix them. And that's why the Torah says, you know what a Jewish confession is? Recognizing that indeed you are good. You are fantastic. Like the guy, when I was riding the subway, he gets on and says, yo, if everyone wants to ignore me, well, I know one thing. I must be worth something because God don't make no junk. God doesn't make junk. If God created you, there is a purpose. You are of unbelievable, inestimable value to the Almighty. Every person. The fact that God created you means that the whole world is dependent on your value, on your contribution. And therefore, we have to recognize that Before these high holiday comes, we have to recognize what is genuine confession. It's first acknowledging your true value. And that's why, you know, an old Yiddish expression as pasnish is sometimes something our parents would wag their finger at us and tell us unbecoming behavior because we could do better because we are better. We have a much higher expectation for ourselves. And then we could acknowledge and confront our mistakes because we realize Yeah, I could do better than that. If you realize that essentially you're good and that you're capable of being good and you're capable of becoming better and there are certain areas perhaps where we could improve. And you think about it. You know, you ever hear a couple arguing, darling, you're making a mistake again. And he says, of course, I'm always wrong. You're always right. I'm the dumb, stupid, bad husband who's always wrong. You're the perfect wife. You're never wrong. You're always right. Now, when you listen to that conversation, we all know that no woman is pleased with that acknowledgement from her husband because it's a meaningless confession. Whenever anyone says, I'm always wrong, what do they mean? I'm always right, right? I'm never wrong. Whenever one says, you're always right, they're saying, you're never right. 
So what is genuine confession? It means that, you know something, sometimes I am right. But now, at this particular point, I recognize that I'm wrong. Something I'm always reminded that failure, we should never define ourselves by our mistakes. Because failure is not getting knocked down. Failure is when you stay down. So the Torah is teaching us that no, you are not bad. You're not a failure. Yes, it does happen that sometimes, sometimes indeed we make mistakes, but that's not who we are. We are not one mistake. And that's the point the Torah is teaching us. What is a confession to realize that you're not always wrong? Sometimes you made the mistakes and certain times you might be wrong. That is Jewish confession. That's real. That's genuine. It's standing up to your mistake, taking responsibility for your actions or your words. You know, there's a beautiful verse in Shir Hashirim, in the Song of Songs by King Solomon, in which he describes, I am dark and beautiful. And I think it's too, you know, this is the Torah's concept of dark, black is beautiful. The idea is that yes, and we're not talking about a skin color, we're talking about a dark, uh, something that dampens our personality. I'm dark, maybe I've succumbed to darkness in my life, but inherently... King Solomon is saying, recognize that I'm beautiful. So, yes, we're all, if we go back to our pristine, original selves, we realize, indeed, if we look at our precious, beautiful soul, the way God created us, indeed we are beautiful. And therefore we can regret that sometimes we make these mistakes, and we know that it's inappropriate, it's unbecoming of us, it doesn't befit me, because I'm so much better. I want to fix that. This behavior compromises my good my personality, who I really am. And therefore I acknowledge that I had the power to not do perhaps what I have done, to fix that making mistakes is not inevitable, that we're capable of choosing and doing otherwise and making the right decisions. We're not a victim. Don't blame it on others. Yeah, we make mistakes. Now I made a mistake. I'm going to move on from that mistake. So if we could really truly confess the mistakes that we want to make that we've made in our lives then God says you also have to be able to confess you have to recognize you have to acknowledge the good in you you have to say I am good I am great I've done what you wanted of me I haven't transgressed and because I'm capable of doing things correctly that is why I could regret I could recognize and rectify the times when I've made mistakes in my life and this is the Vido Meister, the declaration that we confess in our Torah portion this week, because that is what true repentance, teshuva, before the high holidays means, is we recognize our good, we acknowledge that we've made mistakes. And this is something that I think anyone who is raising children, anyone who works in any business, any human being, any Jew, can tap into this beautiful truth. And as a parent, I think about when my child comes home with a report card and in some subjects, perhaps they did great. And, you know, sometimes not every kid is a cookie cutter replica of the other. One kid might be more successful in particular areas and the other has their areas where they exceed, where they excel, where they do better. And one thing we could do, and perhaps this was an old time kind of paradigm is to tell the child, why didn't you get, you know, they got a 98. Why didn't you get a hundred? Why didn't you, why didn't you do better? Or we could recognize that the areas where the child did excel, look and focus on the strengths and the success of the child. And when you look at the, when you look at the report card, let's say, and you say, oh, my dear, 
I see you're excelling in perhaps in your reading skills or in the science or math or the Hebrew, whatever the particular area is. I see where you got your A plus. Focus on those areas. And perhaps, perhaps it will rub off on the other areas. But instead of focusing, instead of focusing on the negativity, instead of focusing on their failures, we could uplift them by recognizing, acknowledging, and appreciating the areas where they have succeeded. And I think that's a very powerful point that we could really embrace and pick up on from this biblical command in this week's portion from the Vida Meister. In that sense, if we do that, we make our child feel like they're a success story because what's happening is we're focusing on the areas that they've done right. And this, of course, this isn't any relationship and it shouldn't be done in a pompous or uh, meaningless way. You don't have to call the child an angel or a tzaddik when they know that they're not perfect and they're far from it. But what you're showing them is how great about the areas that they are doing well, how good and special and capable the child is. And this is something that allows them to appreciate why this behavior, when they behave well, that you recognize it. And then since you showered them with praise, like Dale Carnegie teaches, you know, if nobody likes the three C's to be condemned, criticized, or complained at, but when you show them that you praise them for the areas they do well, then they'll accept and they will appreciate. They will at least not resent the rebuke, the reprimand, the tochachas we have in this week's portion because Moses starts off with compliments with the blessings for the Jewish people and I think that's a very powerful lesson we could apply in our lives as well. Just like we want to, we want to, we want to, we want to reprimand, we want to rebuke the child for what they've done wrong, we also have to know how to praise them for the things that they've done right. And this applies to ourselves as well. Just that the person knows their personal shortcomings, a person also has to recognize their talents and like I said, it's got to be done not in a haughty or arrogant way, but by recognizing your talents, the areas that you do well, I think you will then know which areas have to be fixed and rectified. This is Soul to Soul on 101.9 IFM. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, everyone who tuned in today to Soul to Soul, it was my pleasure and honor to share these thoughts with you today. And perhaps you could seek confession a little differently. Maybe from time to time you'll recognize and appreciate your success story. That indeed you are good. Indeed you are fantastic. And before I conclude today's show, I want to just share with you a song that I learned a couple of years ago. And this little song, I think, will exactly bring that point out. So just tune in for a moment and I hope you will hear exactly it. Oh no, that's... Could you hear? Whoops.
fantastic. You are fantastic. Okay, next time I'll bring along a better jack so you can hear the song. But the song says, You are fantastic. You are fantastic. You need to say it every day. You are fantastic. together now you are fantastic you are fantastic you are fantastic you are fantastic you need to say it every day you are fantastic together now you are you are fantastic you are fantastic you are fantastic so my dear friends indeed you are fantastic and this is what I want to conclude with you That is the message, my dear friends, and this is my request from you today, is I want you to make a confession today. We are standing less than two weeks before the high holidays, before Rosh Hashanah. And I want you to turn to somebody in your family, or to a close friend, or to your rabbi, or to your spouse, and I want you to say something very positive about yourself. One positive thing about your soul, about your life, something you are proud of. Again, not in an arrogant way, but make that confession because when you realize how good and capable you are, then you can ask yourself the question, why am I not living up to my potential? My friends, with Rosh Hashanah coming, don't just confess the things you've done wrong, but it's time for you to recognize, to acknowledge, and to appreciate your success story. And indeed, you are fantastic. Remember that every single day. That's the message for this Rosh Hashanah. Stay tuned for Fresh Thinking up next. And looking forward to be with you here again next week. Same time, same place, right here on Chai FM.